Hi again, and welcome to another episode of the Government Transformation Show, the podcast for public sector changemakers. I'm Tim Coulthard, Community Director at Government Transformation Magazine. Today, I'm joined by Nick Stretfield, who is Managing Director at GovMetric. We're going to explore the changing nature of citizen experience, how public services are changing the way they have to be delivered in order to respond to changing demand from those users. Some organisations are making a great job of this, others lagging behind a bit. So we're going to explore that with Nick and try and understand how organisations can be better at measuring the impact of and effectiveness of their public services. How many interactions do they have on a monthly basis? How can they manage demand? How can they anticipate demand? Big questions which, if they're built right into the public service strategy, can be transformational in terms of those outcomes. Lots to jump into, so let's get into the conversation with Nick right now. So, Nick, welcome to the Government Transformation Show. Great to have you joining us today for the conversation. Thank you very much, Tim. Uh, and I'm looking forward to drilling into what is a, a highly relevant topic right now, which is, I guess, the, the ongoing journey of citizen experience versus customer experience, how organisations in the public sector are maybe rethinking their relationships and how that plays through and how they design and execute services, how they collect data, how they act on that data, that whole kind of journey and cycle. So there's, there's a lot going on there. So before we jump into that, because I know there's lots to say there, just let's set the scene a bit. I'd, I'd really like to hear a bit about your sort of journey through the public sector, how you've been working with different public sector organisations over the years. Way back when, when you when you started out, not implying that there's, you, you, you've been around too long, but you've certainly had a depth of experience there. And I guess you've seen some of the changes that have happened. So let's set the scene. Tell us, tell us a bit about your story through the public sector. So um, we... Uh about 25, 26 years old. Um, that's that's the company, not me, obviously. Um, we, we started in the mid-90s. Um, and interestingly, we, we were really kicked off as a community project. So there was no company structure or business plan. It was, um, you know, this is the web. This looks interesting. This could apply to a community uh, and all aspects of the community. And that really was what drove us. Um, so we, we started a community portal for Rutland in the Midlands. Um, and that was really to exploit the emerging web technologies, uh, you know, the potential it had in terms of communication, but also in terms of, you know, democratic engagement and, yeah. and so on and so forth. So um, that very quickly led us into a relationship with the council. Obviously, yeah. if somebody on your doorstep is doing that stuff, then the council gets interested. Yeah. Um, and that was a fantastic relationship. We and Rutland County Council sort of formed a bit of a joint venture. They went off and got some funding from the Regional Development Agency. Um, that involved then getting staff. Um, and the objective was really to bring together a sort of public-private delivery of services to a locality through the same media, yeah. through the same window. Um, that surprisingly one local government website of the year in 2000 which none of us even knew we'd been entered for so how many uh, were there at that point one of, one of the questions that those might ask i'd love i mean what was what was a what was the sort of late 90s early noughties public sector portal what was what was on it at the time can you even remember well interestingly there were there were lots of aspects of it which are common today so we had a mapping we had a map obviously on the front page because we are a county uh, we had lists of services, both from the private sector and also the public sector and the, and the community sector, obviously. 
Um, and then we had we had the very embryonic stages of sort of um, user generated content. So forums, um, you know, all of the challenges of running that as well, which obviously the the Facebooks and co have found out later on down the line. We all, we had all of that in a microcosm back in sort of late nineties. Um, but you know, Rutland's always had a strong identity as well. So there was a, there was very strong support, um, and it really allowed us to get things up and running very quickly. Um, so that that sort of two thousand. That's that's when the whole of the e-government program started, and. Yeah. Of course, we, we, we were therefore sitting at that table and um, the, the, the next challenge was, okay, how do we get all of these services connected through this medium? Yeah. Um, so that involved a lot of integration and working with back office system providers and and along the way, the, the whole sort of e-government programme, which ran to about 2005, eventually became much more sort of grown up and uh, formal. So, so we had to drop the community portal aspect because obviously .gov.uk sites took precedence, and um, which was unfortunate. But um, you know that that was the way the direction was going. Um, at the end of the government program, two thousand and five six, we we were sitting there thinking, well, what are we going to do now? And um, the, you know, having been part of that journey, it was quite apparent that. All of the infrastructure had been put in place, you know, CRM, CMS, you know, you name it, telephony systems. Um, but there was no mention of what was the impact of this on the customer, on the citizen. Um, right at the end of that program, uh, the Cabinet Office released the e-service delivery standards, and they were invaluable. That, that's, you know, it sort of had to happen then. It would have been better if it had happened at the beginning, but, you know, you don't know until you do. So, um, and we took the customer service e-service delivery standard and thought, well, that's exactly what we need. That's what's needed. Um, so still having very strong connections with the LGA, uh, the local LGA, uh, they helped us bring together a, a group of about six councils in the East Midlands, um, county unitary districts, so a good mix um, as well. And um, we set about looking at the e-service delivery standards and, and planning what you would need to measure that on behalf of the citizen's experience. Um, and that led to uh, a prototype of GovMetric and the 15 or 16 years since then have been an evolution of, um, of that agenda um, in public service provision. Yeah. So. Given, given you've been on almost every step of that journey from the sort of most nascent sort of online services and interactions um, all the way through to where we are now, where things are more sophisticated, there's much more functionality, people's expectations change. What, what are the big changes that you've seen during that period? I suppose there's two aspects to this. There's, there's how organisations themselves view and respond to the needs of their citizens. And then there's also the changing expectations and demands of the citizens themselves. And actually, the relative importance and prioritization of those two aspects. There's a slider there, which is worse about us and what we're doing in our processes versus actually whatever we need to do to make the outcome improve for, for the citizen. So what are the big sort of themes that you've seen emerge during that time and, and, and what do they mean as we head to the present day? So certainly citizen or customer expectations are continually growing. You know, the, the competitive marketplace 
has responded very, very well over the last couple of decades in terms of how digital can enable people to receive better services and um, you know wider choice and better pricing and you know all of these things we've enjoyed from from, um, from digital improvement. So uh, you know of course public service has to try and keep up with that because you know the somebody that uses a service from Amazon is also somebody that uses a service from a public service provider. So that's that's been a, a growing expectation. Um, the, the sector itself has obviously been through big changes. You know, there was, you know, go back to 06, that was a Labour government. It was a fairly buoyant economy. We then go into, you know, a financial crash. We go into a change of government. We go into austerity. Um, and um, you know that the, the the way public services picked its way through that has has been complex and challenging. Um, what we've really seen over the last few years, though, is a real hardening and strengthening of um, you know why you should do this sort of thing. Um, you know, fifteen years ago, to be quite honest, some of the people we work with didn't know why they were doing what they were doing. Right. You know, it, it seemed a good idea and, and it is a good idea, you know, but you can't argue against that. But the, there was no business case, there was no, there was little strategic um, adoption or, or engagement. You know, it was customer service, it was usually customer service manager driven, you know, team leader driven, um, you know, very sort of middle management operational type thing. What we've really seen in the last few years is uh, a more strategic uh, sort of executive and potentially in some areas political engagement as well so you know understanding that um, not only understanding that it's a good thing to provide good services to people but in doing that you might actually save yourself some money as well yeah um, you know the cost there's nothing more costly than doing a service badly yeah yeah and I think we'll we'll certainly probably come on to that won't we you know so you we're, in 2022, you know, there's a there's not a one-size-fits-all approach, and there's also not one sort of level of maturity and, and sort of capability across you know, local governments across the UK. If we're marking the homework of local authorities in terms of how well they've incorporated the citizen requirements, citizen demands, and, and responded to that in the way they design and execute services... Is it good picture, patchy? What would you say in terms of that current capability? Um, I think that it's a very wide range of uh, experiences. We're certainly seeing some excellent practice. Um, we're also seeing, you know, some quite acute and chronic failure as well. Um, you know, I think um, the, the 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 whole issue of demand, I, I, I'm becoming increasingly fascinated by. Um, you know, if you if you if you take citizen experience and sort of deconstruct that, then you know you've got the voice of the customer, voice of the citizen, which is obviously important. You know, each and every time they interact with you, what's their experience? Um, the other um, participant in that is usually an employee. Right? So you've got the voice of the employee, frontline customer services, or you know, grassroots service delivery. So you've got that. Um, you know, voice of employee element. Increasingly, we're seeing behavior data being brought into that mix. So, um, you know, you've got um, how does somebody work their way through a website? 
or you've got you know observation of how somebody tries to try to do something and that can be analog channels as well as digital channels so that's really important the behavioral data bit and then the bit that i'm really interested in at the moment is the demand data bit because you know what we're if you take primary care primary health for example you know surgeries um we're starting to see a, a very acute situation developing in surgeries the length and breadth of the country there's been two years worth of suppressed demand you know you had an ingrown toenail you put up with it rather than go to the surgery all of that is now is you know that that damn corks out the bottle and here we go yeah corks out the bottle at the same time as that we've got demand increasing anyway you know because cost of living crisis and um you know a whole range of other factors so you know we 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 we're seeing acute demand increases and you know it's very tempting when when something like that happens to do just sort of pull the first lever you said you know it's blimey this is happening what are we going to do people want to see some sort of response but um you know those those people that work through methodologies such as systems thinking you know lean you've got to understand what's going on in the system so um, you know, in the in the CX equation, which is you know voice of the customer, voice of the employee, behaviour data, demand data, then I think demand data is definitely an area that that's needing a lot of attention at the moment. At the same time as the CX bit, if you if you then expand that into CITEX, because obviously you know public service delivery is different, then as well as that that sort of complex supplier customer relationship you've also got the other elements of what being a citizen means mm. so we've got um you know we've got um the whole democratic uh relationship um and how does that feature in a in a citizen relationship we've also got the community relationship you know we are we are each one of us individual citizens but collectively we are a community so um you know i think you can destruct deconstruct citizen experience into several elements which are the same as cx uh, some other which are peculiar yeah. to citizen yeah um and then when you look at all of those as a sort of a composite holistic view um then you need to start drilling into the individual bits and and, and the demand bit is probably the bit that's going to demand our attention yeah uh, most acutely over the coming months and, and years, actually. Yeah, and, and I want to explore that that demand sort of management demand understanding in a, in a bit more detail. There's just a, there's just a point actually that's interesting to explore. It's not just about terminology because I think it's about philosophy and approach, which is around the distinction that you've you've just alluded to around citizen experience versus sort of traditional thinking around customer experience. Um, and people throw the term CX around, and some people clarify what they mean, and some people don't. You know, we we run an event called the Citizen Experience Show, but to, but the, there are references to customer experience. But very often, in terms of public services, it's not a true customer experience because there's no element of choice. They haven't they haven't got another council to go to. <clears throat> they can't go to, you know, you live in Essex, you can't go. Actually, no, I'll I'll go and engage with Hertfordshire instead because I, I like the way they do things. You know, you are where you are. There's not that sort of true element of choice that customer and consumer implies. So has has that sort of it's not a theological debate because it's it's a real thing. So how have organizations kind of 
has the penny dropped in, in understanding that because of the situation they're in, because that it's this, it's this citizen relationship, which is different to consumer and commercial company, that they need to sort of retool their thinking and then retool how they respond? I think what you're hitting on there as well is the nature of the, the supplier. So again, in, in, a, in a competitive marketplace, suppliers usually tune themselves to a great degree of finesse in terms of who they're targeting and what, what they're selling and how they, how they then process that. If you look at public service organisations, they're extremely complex. So, you know, there, there, is a, there is a wrapper that's put around that says, you are responsible for these various things, which may or not, may or may not actually fit together very well. But that is the situation we are in. So that's what we have to deal with. Um, so you've got complex, complex organisations. You've got complex services as well. You know, you've got everything from, you know, complex adult social care type services, children's services, right through to the classic bin, you know, and emptying a bin, which is pretty transactional and should be quite simple. There's, there shouldn't be much variation in that service. It should be quite straightforward. And the other thing you've got is complex customers, you know, because you've got some people that just don't want to deal with the, the council or, you know, the service provider, um, unless they really, really have to, because they don't have a need. Um, and then you've got people that could consume several services. And actually, during your life, you move through a whole spectrum of service consumption. So, you know, young families, middle-aged, empty nesters, people living up their own, you know, on their own at an elderly age, all have different service demands. So I think in, in public service providers, it, it, is, it is really important to acknowledge that and not not compensate for it because that that wouldn't be the right approach but to to acknowledge it and to work with it you know to to um to to try and provide joined up services but it it is really really challenging i've never come across organizations as challenging as public service providers and particularly councils actually because they've just got so much that's wrapped in together um so i think that's um you know that's that's a particular challenge yeah absolutely and, and going back to the, the the element of understanding demand um i suppose the, the the initial question is how how can organizations get better at that rather than rather than as you say reacting pulling grabbing levers when when they suddenly realize that there's a demand for services that they hadn't anticipated so sort of seeing what's coming down the track um rather than just yeah sort of knee-jerking as and when things change how do they sort of start to build that more planned coherent approach so th this is this is where we're starting to see some real progress so um in housing in housing we've worked with some organizations in the last year or so who are starting to develop quite strong methods uh and understanding of that holistic picture and um, you know, again, they, there's a whole wide range of services within housing. You know, it's it, it's a, it's a wide spectrum, um, but the the to a certain degree, there's there's enablement facilitating this. So you've got technical enablement in that there are now readily affordable tools available. You know, the the BI tools that um, are very accessible in the marketplace. Uh, you've also got a range of sort of citizen scientists, and I mean by that I mean 
you know, people within the organisation who have access or um, knowledge or an appetite to start building those sorts of data sets. So we, we are starting to see that, but it's definitely emerging on a organisation by organisation basis. And I think there is, there is some potential to start developing some sort of widespread methodology, you know, sort of by the sector, for the sector methodology in terms of how we measure demand. Um, there's, there's great work being done by people like Vanguard, you know, in the systems thinking in terms of uh, the Vanguard method and, you know, understand demand, do that first before you do anything else, study the system. So, you know, frequency type, is it simple, is it complex? Is there much variation? Um, you know, is it value, is it failure? You know, really starting to try and understand that because it's, I don't think it's until, until you really understand how much demand is hitting you right across the organization that you really can start to deploy your resources or to make interventions which can um, which can make an impact. But the risk is, like I said earlier, you pull a lever and actually it, it fixes a small problem over here, but it actually creates a much bigger problem over there. Yeah. And actually it, it, that reflects some of the conversations that we have with local government CIOs and CDOs and so on, which is that they're, they're now trying to sort of wrap their arms around all these, all these sort of service lines they've got running, you know, Camden, I know have about 600 plus business service lines running. And then can you, can you build the sort of culture and systems and processes where you can start to layer those up and build out meaningful insights, not just in service A, service B, service C, but how service A, B and C interact, who are the, who, what are the common threads that mean people don't need all of those services and all that sort of stuff. Um, and so I suppose a process by which we can support all organisations in doing the same, irrespective of their circumstances, what kind of, you know, what kind of territories and socioeconomic factors they've got playing out, then that I suppose has got to be a sort of end goal that, that the public sector works towards. Um, so, so what are you seeing in terms of that collaboration right now? Is it is it happening or is it still a sort of pockets of isolation? Um, we, again, a bit of both. So we, we, we are seeing some collaboration. I, I think, uh, you know, in certain sectors, um, you, you obviously have policy coming down from on high. Mm. In, increasingly, that policy is, is being um, considered at a sort of a, a systemic or holistic level. So that, that provides some consistency uh, in terms of what the method that organisations on the ground might adopt and, and work towards. Um, there, there are also, um, you know, in, in the world of CX, of which CITEX is a, is a strand, there's, a, there's now a lot of method and um, you know, frameworks that you can work towards. You know, all of that hard work has been done. You know, the, the, we, 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 for some years, have been tuned into some, some of Forrester's work around the maturity of the, the um, CX maturity model and, you know, foundation on advanced systemic state of the art. Um, and, um, you know, those, those frameworks uh, propose methodologies, those methodologies can be sort of consumed relatively simply. Um, the, the big bit that's been missing in the last few years though, is that sort of 
strategic understanding of what value this has. Mm. Um, as I said, it's more often than not, it is still being driven from driven from the middle. Um, and that um, is great because you've got champions and you've got passion and you've mm. got, you know, all of that stuff, but good stuff going on. But the the strategic engagement at the sort of the executive level is still very much in pockets. Um, we are seeing, we have got customers that, you know, where that's happening. So National Highways, for example, you know, they've got an executive driven project called Echo. Every customer has an opinion. So, you know, that's that's systemic across the organisation. We've also got um, one of the councils that joined us in the previous shows, Wokingham. Mm. Um, you know, they are most certainly developing a strategic um, element of CITEX in their overall strategy. Yeah. Um, and we've got other councils working with who see that and are jealous. Yeah. You know, because yeah. they're at that sort of middle operational level. Um, so one of the things that we talked about actually at the last session was a project we're kicking off this year, which is a you know open um, and, and free to join program, which is looking to bring together some of those parties to start building the business case for Citex, um, so that you know organisations can learn from each other, um, they can see what's working, what's not working, and obviously there's there's, all, there's always power in numbers as well. So. Yeah. You know, if we've got three or four really strong, um, you know, citizen um, experience or customer insight or transformation director level people, you know, sharing those experiences, it really gives them a, a lever to, to take back to their executive and say, this is really the way we should be going. This is the direction we should be going. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? That it almost comes down to that sort of fear of missing out mentality. If that's the, if that's the button you need to push with your executive leadership team, then then push that button by all means. And I think with the with the collaboration piece, you know, we talked earlier about how you know fundamentally citizen experience isn't the same as customer experience because they're not transacting in the same way. They don't have the element of choice. But the but the upside of that is that obviously different local government organizations aren't in competition with each other. So therefore collaboration, sharing best practice is the way to go. It's, I was, I was only on a call yesterday afternoon with a consultancy that works in housing and we were both just saying how good it was to work in a sector where people are willing to share, mm. you know, and that goes right across the public service spectrum, you know, the, and we have to because you know at the end of the day a single citizen is consuming services from all of us you know in, in, a, in a geographic locality they'll be interacting with several public service providers so we've got to you know we've got to share to learn from each other and we've got to share to better service that citizen it, 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 you know and, and that's where you know open standards um, open data interoperability you know, these big global themes have so much more to deliver to the public service than they do to the private sector. Yeah. We, can, we can fully consume those and, you know, eat them all up um, and then share more um, that, you, that you wouldn't do in the private sector because, you know, it's a competitive environment. Yeah.
Absolutely. So what's next for that? You mentioned you, you'll bring them together through a forum. What stage are you at now? and What are the next steps? for that? Because I'm sure people listening would think this sounds interesting. So how can people yeah, so get involved? We're going to be kicking that off over the next probably four to six weeks. We've still got some places left. So if anybody's interested in what we've been talking about, we'd love to hear from you. Um, it's going to be practical. So we're going to try and work up some models that people can you know, pull apart and say, well, yeah, that bit worked. Um, you know, so that if we if we're asked the question, you know, how many interactions did you handle last month? We can answer it. Um, because I've never met a chief exec of a public service provider yet who can tell me exactly how many interactions they did last month. You know, and, and in a in a world where demand is changing, you know, it, we're in a very volatile environment on demand we've absolutely got to have a uh, you know a handle on that yeah yeah absolutely well it sounds like the, there's, there's good things happening um you know there, there's certainly lots of room for improvement of course but you know i think i think that spirit of collaboration that's starting to sort of bottom out the numbers making sure that we're talking about robust methodology making sure that everybody's kind of measuring in the same way at least then you quantify the issue, you quantify the level of the challenge, and then you start to develop kind of solutions based on reality, not perception or, or whatever it might be. So that can only be a good thing. So great to hear that's going on. Um, it's been great to sort of cover some of these ideas around demand management, around failure demand, around citizen experience versus customer experience. So really interesting to get to get through to that. So Nick, all I want to say now is thanks for joining us. Um, We'll put some information about how people can get in touch if they want to get involved in the forum in all the info company in the episode, because I, I think that, you know, the more people that are sharing experiences, sharing best practice, the better. So great to support that. But in the meantime, just remains me to say thanks so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having us. Pleasure. So thanks again to Nick Stratfield from Govmetric for that conversation. Great to hear how the evolution of citizen experience is playing out, how organizations are responding and what they can do to make a better job of understanding demand, understanding how their citizens want to engage with their services and make improvements off the back of that. I'm going to put the information to the forum that Nick talked about in the show uh, in the show notes accompanying this. So if you're interested in getting involved with that, you can get in touch, get involved in that project, start sharing best practice and learning from your peers. That's about it for now, but we'll be back soon with another conversation with a public sector change maker. Until then, goodbye.